Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come uh, through. So there's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. What the heck was that? God, after all of the offseason, all of the drama, all of the roller coaster rides, the three preseason games, the resting of starters, that is the opener? Looks like I picked the wrong day to quit drinking. Welcome into Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock. We'll get through this, Packers fans, I promise. Going to need your help at 855-616-1620. Jameis Winston and the Hurricane Displaced Saints. Boy, they look right at home in northeast Florida in Jacksonville, knocking off the Packers by a score of 38-3. to uh, Kind of a split crowd. A lot of Packers fans. I know it was a warm day, but certainly not an excuse. Uh, the heat and humidity, just uh, one of the many issues for the Packers as they open up the season with the loss. They haven't lost an opener in a while. In fact, they had won six straight uh, as an opening game. But uh, today... Anything but one of the more embarrassing losses in Aaron Rodgers' career as a starting quarterback, and he was part of the problem today as well as the Packers fall to 0 and 1. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, and really, I, where do you begin aside of what we saw in that first half? I, I think that's where you have to begin here if you're dissecting this game. And it was, it was a combo platter. You know, the Saints got off to a nice start. They're able to move the football. You know, Packers ultimately able to stall that drive and hold the Saints to a field goal, uh, stopping them on third and six with an incompletion, 44-yard field goal. Okay, here you go. Offense's turn. And uh, I, I don't want to make light of the heat, but, boy, I, you know, you're the best friend of any defense uh, in weather like that is for the offense to, you know, take the ball and, and move down the field. But, you know, instead the Packers' first drive stalled in just seven plays. So, uh, Packers' defense back on the field, and, all of a sudden, the Saints go 15 plays for 76 yards in about eight minutes of time off the clock uh, to get into the end zone and a 10-point lead. So it, it was the sustained drives for the Saints that just punished and wore out the Packers' defense in that first half. And it was also you know, problematic of the Packers' offense, their inability to get anything going and sustain any sort of a rhythm. We saw more rhythm in the second half, but the mistakes just... It started to carry over from the first, and uh, the end result, just a, a flat-out embarrassing performance, 38-3, to the final. Where do we begin? My goodness, 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us. Uh, no surprise here, we've got jam phone lines. Feel free to chime in. We'll also get into the locker room, hear from Aaron Rodgers, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, and more following uh, this most lopsided Defeat. Uh, we've got Garen in Michigan joining us. Uh, first out of the shoot here on Packers OT. First call of the season, Garen. you got to make it memorable. Hey, Greg. Uh, glad to be with you here. Man, that, that was a tough one. Uh, tough to watch there in the second half. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, last year it seemed like the defense really complemented the off- offense and vice versa in a lot of things. And Rodgers had things rolling on the offense, was able to really capitalize on defensive takeovers and stuff. And obviously that was not the case today. Do you think that's a big thing of him, you know, skipping OTAs and, you know, hanging out in Hawaii with his best friends? Or uh, 
what do you think you see there, Greg? Yeah, there's fuel to that argument. I get it. I, there's fuel to any argument that uh, you know, suggests the reason the Packers looked as flat as they did is because of a roller coaster off season, because the uh, starters didn't play throughout the preseason. That you know, you treated training camp practice like it was your preseason, like it was the way to get ready for the start of the regular season. I, that argument's got fire behind it now. That starters should have played. Uh, now, it's not an absolute. You look at other teams who played and won today. Uh, the Chargers didn't play their starters throughout the preseason. They pulled off a victory. The Seahawks looked very good in dismantling the Colts today. Four touchdown passes for Russell Wilson. Uh, and they didn't play a lick of their starters, uh, at least on offense, throughout the course of the regular season. My contention was this. I didn't feel the Packers starters on offense needed a lot of time on the field in the preseason. I, I did think it was more important for the defense under the new direction of Joe Barry to kind of work on their cohesion. And, you know, what I saw today was much more than just, you know, a new defensive scheme. In fact, what what I saw, you know, to me it wasn't, in every instance, it wasn't the Packers' scheme just head-scratching, trying to figure out what is going on here. I, I just saw the Packers' defense getting worn down and blown off the ball by the Saints' offensive line in that first half especially it's a good offensive line I, I do not want to take anything away from the saints that might be the strength of their team that offensive line they get camara going Jameis winston's got time to throw he was efficient today he didn't have to do anything extraordinary didn't make any mistakes and uh boom all of a sudden he's got a five touchdown day with under 200 yards passing that is efficiency in a nutshell uh in the saints on 140 yards rushing in the first half, they finished with a buck seventy-three. Had some short fields to work with, but this goes well beyond the new di- direction on defense with the new coordinator trying to you know get his feet wet with a new system. I, this was a wholesale tail kicking, and the offense was not there to pick up the defense, and the defense, especially in that first half, was was not really there to pick up the offense. Uh, and then it kind of snowballed in the second half where you did have a couple of stops by the defense and the offense looked like it was able to move the ball, but the end result was disaster. You know, the third quarter, when it looked like the Packers could maybe get into this, right? Field goal right before the end of the half. You start the second half with the ball. You start moving the ball. You're in the red zone. And Aaron Rodgers is getting dragged to the turf and he throws an errant ball that's picked off. Boom. That drive is over. The very next drive. Second drive of the second half. Aaron throws one of the worst passes I've ever seen him throw in a deep ball. I I don't know what he's doing. He's not even giving his receiver a chance. It was an awful decision. And it was picked off. That threat was ended uh, as the Packers were. They still had a ways to go. Don't get me wrong. But nonetheless, just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. The third drive, you had a turnover on downs. And all of a sudden, you're into the fourth quarter. So, you know, restarting the motor in the second half, we saw glimpses of it moving the ball, but the end result was disaster. Interception in the red zone, interception on a poorly thrown deep ball, and a turnover on downs. Wow. Embarrassment. That's the word of the day here. I don't know how else to describe it. There is no sugarcoating this. This was an embarrassing loss by a Packers team that rarely suffers an embarrassing loss. Jeff in Michigan joins us next on Packers OT. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how are you doing? Well, I yeah, wish I were better, man. That was that was that was tough. Like I, I usually chart <laughs> plays, Jeff, and I stopped. I stopped in the fourth quarter. I only perked up when Jordan you know Love came in. I was like, all right, well, this might be interesting. I think you could end the show right there because you pretty much summed up the whole day. But anyway, um, the first thing I, w- I got three things, and I'm going to hang up and uh, see if you comment on them. 
the first thing uh, was you already addressed about the starters not playing in the preseason. The second thing was uh, Jamal Williams. I don't know if you had a chance to see it today. The Lions were down huge in the fourth quarter, 41-17. John Kuhn addressed this in his comment at halftime, how uh, Jamal was the firecracker last year. When things got tough, he was every, he was out there firing everybody up. He did the same thing for the Lions today. Um, and the Lions got the ball deep in the 49ers territory at the end of that game and had a chance to tie. It was incredible. I was really pulling for Jamal. But anyway, um, my third thing is I'm a season ticket holder. We're coming to the game next Monday night. I'm thinking of getting there Saturday, bringing my gym shorts, a pair of sneakers, and trying out for the defensive back position because at 62 years old, I think I can play it better than Kevin King. I don't know what you guys think, but I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, Jeff, appreciate the phone call. Stay safe up in Michigan and uh, travel safe to Lambeau. Uh, We'll address that coming up on the other side. We're we're running a little short on time here. Um, I will say this. The Packers had a choice to make. They got Aaron Jones back. They did not have the money to pay he and Jamal Williams. They chose Aaron Jones. I think that's the correct decision by and large. But I get the point here. You, you miss out on keeping an, a, a productive player and a tremendous locker room guy. Um, I, I think A.J. Dillman's productivity on the field will, will equal that of Jamal Williams. It might look a little different. Uh, but, yeah, you always like a good locker room guy. And certainly Jamal Williams was a great guy to have around. Uh, we'll get into all of this, the good, bad, and the ugly. There was not a lot of good, unfortunately. There was a lot of bad, and there was plenty of ugly. We'll dive through it all. And just how impactful a loss is this? Can you really just flush it and move on? It's what the Packers will have to do. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik on the Packers Radio Network. It was quite simply the worst loss in Aaron Rodgers' career as a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. 38-3 the final. The New Orleans Saints look buttoned up. And an impressive opening week win on the road in Jacksonville. Uh, technically a home game for the Saints, but both teams on the road. And uh, kind of a split crowd on the road. Warm day, as you might expect. A lot of players used, but the Saints certainly taking advantage of the situation. The Packers very flat offensively and defensively in a 38-3 loss. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 is back. That means five years, no interest, five months, no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. See PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you till 9 o'clock. We'll get back to your calls in a moment at 855-616-1620. First 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. The Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. Yeah, almost impossible to predict what we saw today in Jacksonville. How do you digest it all? Is it really just one game out of 17, or is there something bigger here? There should be concern over. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's grab Tom in Oostberg on Packers OT. Hi, Tom. Hey, good evening, Greg. Uh, Crimey, 
Thanks for taking my call. So much to talk about. But, uh, yeah, the coaches, I don't think they got them ready. You can say what you want about preseason work or not, but the coaches didn't get them ready. And don't burn the game film. The D, oh, my goodness, that New Orleans defense, they're really good. I think we could learn something from them. But I'm really curious what you and others think about the offensive line. Uh, did they just have growing pains today against a good defense? Or is this something to be concerned about because of the injuries that we've had so far? And then Aaron Rodgers, oh, my goodness, get a shave and a haircut. You look like you don't give a flip. It's like somebody's coming up to me asking for change for the bus. And just, you know, shut up. Pour yourself a big cup of shut up and play. I'm glad he's in a good place, though, with his mental health. That's good to hear. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to go out to the campfire and listen to you guys while I sing Kumbaya for my own mental health. Have a good night and go pack. Sounds like a party in Oostburg, Todd. Appreciate the uh, phone call. Uh, <laughs> where do one pack? I, the offensive line started, so starting two rookies, uh, you, you know, in, in most situations, if you lose two all pros and you insert two rookies, that seems like it'll be a disaster. It, you, week one, week ten, doesn't matter. You know, what, what gave me confidence in the Packers' offensive line is how they played the majority of times without David Bakhtiari in the lineup last season. Uh, and I think it came to a head in the NFC Championship game. That, that offensive line struggled without David Bakhtiari. Here's what I noticed the Saints doing today. And I'd have to go back and, and chart how many snaps uh, I saw this on. But I, did you see the Saints blitzing? Did you see anything overly creative or exotic from the New Orleans Saints on defense? I didn't. To me, it felt like they thought they could just win the battle up front. Their front four was going to beat the Packers' offensive line with linebackers assisting, right? So do the damage with your front line. No need to pull a cornerback or a safety to the line of scrimmage and you know reduce the personnel from your secondary. No, just line up. They got two rookies there. Go attack their rookies. We'll sink defensive backs into the backfield. We'll play a, a too-high safety look. Tell you you cannot go deep, and we'll let you throw everything short. Good luck. The numbers bear out success for the New Orleans Saints in that philosophy. I, I just didn't see anything exotic, it really, on offense or defense from the Saints. It, 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 to me, it didn't feel like a, you know, the scheme was so interesting and unique, and wow, how could he have seen that coming? It, it felt, to me, pretty basic for the Saints on defense, but they were overpowering at times to the Packers' offensive line. Uh, and really, the volume of plays, I, I think, is significant. You know, you try and find balance Anytime you look at pass and run and, you know, show me a balanced team, show me a winning team. The Packers had 35 dropbacks today. They had 15 running plays. The more staggering number to me is not the 20-play difference between pass and run. The staggering number to me is that they only had 50 plays. We've seen the Packers have 50 plays near halftime. So I, that is what really stands out to me, just the, the complete inability to get anything going in the first half. And when things looked like they were moving in the right direction in the second half, it, it was turnovers and you know it, carelessness and you know offensive linemen getting beat, Aaron getting dragged to the ground, trying to find Adams and you know, sort of making a play, and it really was just a mistake. Uh, and then a, just a horribly thrown deep ball to MVS, who was double-covered resulting in an interception to flip the field again. So uh, problematic were the Packers' offense uh, on offense throughout the day. And the defense, I I thought they were just gassed. Nine plays, 49 yards. The Saints open up with a field goal. That's manageable. Three's better than seven. 
But then the offense was off the field in about a minute and a half, putting the defense back on the field. They were gashed for 76 yards and 15 plays. Well, now you're really sucking air. The Packers' offense does the defense no favors. Out after five plays. Defense back on the field. They allow 14 plays, 80 yards, and the rest is history. Right, so I mean, it really was a combo platter loss for me. This is not finger-pointing to one individual or one group or one entity. No, this was as bad a performance collectively as we've seen in certainly the Matt LaFleur era. And I have to go back, but it's hard to find a worse performance in the Aaron Rodgers era. And that dates back, well, if you want to go back that far to his rookie season in 2005, you can, or when he was a starter in 2008. Let's go out to uh, Massachusetts. Will is standing by. Will, you're on Packers OT. Thanks for holding. Hey, Greg. How you doing? So uh, despite all those you know, uh, troubles with the heat, is that sort of what you chalk this loss up to, that uh, once the heat got to the defense, everything sort of tumbled from there? Do you think you can get something on Joe Barry's system out of this week? Yeah, it's hard for me to say, Will, because I, I still like the collection of talent. But when I'm watching, when I'm watching the game, I, I, I didn't say to myself, I didn't say it too often, but it, it, to me it wasn't the Saints scheme just destroying the Packers scheme and confusion and, and strange and interesting looks. Right? I mean, it, did it feel that way to you? I mean, it seemed pretty basic. Kamara here, Kamara there, right? It buy time, hit a tight end, right? Some good pass plays. It didn't seem overly exotic. So I, I don't know how much of it was in scheme or was it just the Packers defense just got beat. They were definitely getting beat at the point of attack. And at times in the second area, it certainly was porous. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it felt like a little bit more the same from the past couple of years under under Patton with the run. Um, you know, I almost wanted them to pop in T.J. Slayton and see what would, what would come of that. But, uh, yeah. I'm not sure his snap count. He was on the field. And, and I guess I expected that. Thanks for the call, Will. I expected a pretty heavy rotation, of, uh, especially on the defensive line. And we saw Dean Lauer. We, we saw T.J. Slayton, the rookie out of Florida. I mean, it was a pretty active mix, which I get. We even saw Kylan Hill as a running back, so the Packers were definitely going to the depth of their roster to get through this game. I get it, right? That's what the Heat does. But especially when you're talking about you know, back-to-back-to-back drives, allowing nine plays, 15 plays, 14 plays, big chunks of time, like that, how do you recover from that? Well, you hope halftime hits and you're not down by too much. And it was still manageable. Seventeen to three. Start the second half of the ball. Get a touchdown there, and all of a sudden this game is pretty interesting. But that uh, instead resulted in a red zone interception. I don't know if that felt like the game to you, but it certainly did to me. It felt like that mountain was way too significant to climb. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us here, Packers fall to the Saints, thirty eight to three. Scott is in Greendale joining us next. Greetings, Scott. Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I I just want to throw something out there. This is more on the Aaron Rodgers thing, but, you know, I guess being a competitive athlete myself for a long time, you know, leaders in the locker room um, affect the team. Uh, they, it's it's a cohesiveness. It is, uh, it's something that either brings a team together or divides a team. And the one theory that I might have just watching everything tonight, because there were a lot of different messes out there, I just wonder, um, is was Rogers hold out something that behind the scenes between the players on that team, you know, and then you even had a little bit of Adams kind of acting up a little bit too, like prime leaders that could be big time responsible for a cohesiveness in the locker room being held out. You have some 
it just seems like there's a division in that locker room. It seems like they are not playing as one unit. You know, when they flash to each of those two guys on the sidelines, obviously they had rough games, so they're not happy. But they just look like they did not want to be there. I think, you're, you know, your caller, a few uh, callers back, who just kind of said, yeah, yeah, get a haircut, you know, look like you want to be there, act like you want to be there. Adams just seemed absolutely apathetic. And I understand a bad game, but after the first loss of the season, I just wonder if something else is going on in the locker room. Like there's a, a division within the whole team that we're unaware of, and I'll hang up and I'll, I'll leave it on that. Interested to hear your comments. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, Scott. You know, I wish we were allowed in the locker room to get a better pulse on stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's media auditorium and Zoom calls. That, that, you know, that's how people in my position are, are largely – you know, connecting with players and, and coaches today. Uh, the locker room is closed off to reporters. Never used to be, but uh, we live in different times, to be sure. When Matt LaFleur said the other day that, I think it was 27, I think that was the number, 27 players on the team received at least one vote to be a captain, and a player's vote yielded seven captains, um, I, I thought it was interesting, because in some respect, it, it speaks to younger leaders growing. Uh, the fact that it wasn't lopsided with just, you know, a, a couple receiving just an incredible amount of votes makes me wonder if there is a little bit of a shift. I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a great pulse on that. And the, the locker room has really never been much of an issue under Matt LaFleur. Uh, in fact, it seemed like it, it seemed like a good place to be. There were times under Mike McCarthy where the locker room got a little bit askew. Uh, I think back to the Ty Montgomery situation, and he was dealt. Like, Two days after uh, an egregious decision to bring the ball out of the end zone, I think, against the Rams. And that just proved to be a bad decision, and it cost him his time in Green Bay. I, I'm saying this today. I don't think there's any division in the locker room. It's hard to say with absolute certainty because I'm not in there, but my gut feeling says it's overall a pretty good place. Um, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers is a captain, I think that speaks to his overall level of leadership. Uh, others I've talked to said that it, it's been very great with Aaron Rodgers as a teammate, um, I, for what it's worth. But the locker room is a thing. Yeah, you, you keep losing like this, and nothing's off limits, right? You, you keep losing thirty-eight to three, and everything's in question, right? The players, coordinators, coaches, locker room—that all gets under the microscope. Uh, after one loss, as embarrassing as it was. I'm not willing to point the finger there just yet, but it was bad. No doubt about that. How they respond, that might give you a better indication as to what's going on inside during the practice week and in the locker room. 38-3, to the final. Wasn't a great day for any team in the NFC North with one team left to play, the Rams and Bears getting set to go here on Sunday Night Football. That'll kick off uh, in about six minutes from SoFi Stadium as Chris Collinsworth slides in next to Al Michaels. We love the slide in, don't we? God darn, that looks great on TV. Let's get an update here, shall we? Instant replay update. Very busy day in the NFL. No buys, full slate of games. And some entertaining ones at that. We began in Detroit with the Lions hosting the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo got the start, threw for over 300 yards on the day. But it was Niners rookie Trey Lance who threw one pass and made it count. Lance with Elijah Mitchell, a rookie behind him. Kittle goes in motion. Alex Mack at a snap and a pistol. It's a play action. Lance will throw wide open. Caught by Trent Sherfield. Touchdown! San Francisco! Greg Papa, Tim Ryan with the call, KNBR in San Francisco. The Lions trailed 41-17 with under 10 minutes to play and scored 16 unanswered. 
In fact, Detroit moved the ball all the way down to the San Francisco 24 before their drive stalled on downs. The 49ers built a big lead, were forced to hang on 41-33. The final, Detroit will be in Green Bay a week from Monday night. In Cincinnati, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow throws for two touchdowns. Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen hauls in a pair. In a game that went to overtime, tied at 24, every second of the extra session was needed to determine a winner. Clark Harris, 13th year pro, will snap it back to Kevin Huber, 13th year pro. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg, the kick, on its way. Boom. It Boom. is good! Nice. The Bengals nice. win it on the final play of overtime. Dan Hoare, Dave Lapham, the call, WCKY in Cincinnati. Bengals pick up a 27-24 win. The Vikings fall to 0-1 pair of playoff teams from a season ago meeting today in indianapolis with the colts hosting the seattle seahawks remember the mvp-esque start by russell wilson a season ago deja vu all over again second down and 20 russ steps up in the pocket and he's going to let fly deep downfield got a man open lock it 10 5 stumbles he's in touchdown seahawks Impressive day. Steve Rabel on the call with John Clayton, Jen Mueller, Cairo, K-I-R-O, in Seattle. Impressive day for Russell Wilson. Seahawks over the Colts by a score of 28-16. to Tyler Lockett, two touchdown receptions on the afternoon. Wilson finishes the day with 254 passing yards and four touchdowns. Elsewhere around the league, a battle of the birds in Atlanta with the Eagles. Earning a convincing 32-6 win, Jalen Hurts, 264 yards passing and three touchdowns in the convincing win. Cardinals over the Titans, 38-13 in a battle of a team in a Tennessee that uh, was a playoff team a year ago. They were throttled on their home field. Five touchdowns on the day for Kyler Murray, four through the air, one on the ground. Chargers over Washington by a score of 20-16. to The Carolina Panthers behind Sam Darnold pick up a 19-14 win over the Jets. It was the Texans all over Trey Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars 37-21. to Lawrence, to his credit, passing his way back into the game, 332 yards passing, three touchdowns. He did have three interceptions on the day. Game of the day nominee at Arrowhead where the Chiefs pull off the win over the Cleveland Browns 33-29. Dolphins over the Patriots 17-16. And it was the Broncos easing by the Giants 27-13. Late game just about to kick off from SoFi Stadium featuring the Bears and Rams. Monday night football from Vegas with the Ravens taking on the Raiders. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Takes the snap, rush on. Rogers looks, lost right side to Monte. He's go. got it inside the 25. Down he goes at the 21. He tackled in bounds by Lattimore. They beat him on a huge pass play down to the 21 yard line. Timeout taken by Aaron Rodgers. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer. Today, Greg Matzik with you on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620, the final is one of the worst losses in the career of Aaron Rodgers as a starting quarterback. The worst, as a matter of fact. I I had to dig back. I I was trying to find games, and and I was going off my memory bank here. Maybe you recall one that that stands out to you, but, boy, I really had to dig. I I remember a game in Buffalo, 2014, and I dug up the stats here. Uh, two interceptions, 17 of 42 passing, 185 yards, no touchdowns. Just a terrible day. I recall last year in Tampa Bay, this was after the bye week, Rodgers was 16 of 35 for 160 yards, 
two t- uh, interceptions, no touchdowns, and four sacks. You know what the interesting thing is about each of those years? So a dismal performance in 2014 on the road at Buffalo, a dismal performance in 2020, a season ago, on the road at Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP award in both of those seasons, for what it's worth. And uh, I do also recall a a primetime performance in Denver. Again, another road game, 14 of 22 for 77 yards and a loss to the Broncos. That was 2015. Uh, You can cut them on one hand. This was an all-time stinker, no doubt about that, as the Packers get throttled by the New Orleans Saints. 38-3, the final. Tom is in uh, Illinois joining us on Packers OT. Hello, Tom. Hey, Greg, thanks. Hey, three quick comments on points. First of all, I think, you know, maybe today today's game was uh, positive. We're not as good as we think we are. And that's a wake-up call. So let's take that and, and kind of build on it. Secondly, um, I thought Aaron was not anywhere near even in this game. His body language was very bad. You could tell. It, it, it seemed like he didn't even want to be on the field. And that was so obvious. And then the third thing, I think Sean Payton make, made uh, Matt LaFleur look like a high school coach. I mean, it was ridiculous. So completely outcoached game, unprepared team, and that's what we got. Yeah, it was a complete disaster, Tom. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, this is a, a mess, an absolute mess. I mean, the only way to go is up. Uh, you cannot afford to be as bad as that. Uh, otherwise, everything comes into question. But I, for those who are in the camp of, hey, they should have played their starters some of the preseason, hey, I'm raising my hand saying I'm right there with you now because before I was not. I was uh, I was believing what I was seeing in training camp, saying, well, they get more exotic looks when they're practicing against the Jets because there's no cameras around. I don't think there's any substitute for what happens on the field of play in a game situation. I don't. I just don't believe it. I thought it was more important for the defense to see time during the preseason because of the new coordinator. I thought the offense would sort of pick up where they left off, and they clearly did not against the New Orleans Saints team that I, they were the better team today. I don't know if they'll be the better team at season's end, but they were crisp. They looked fast. They looked like they were winning at the point of attack. I didn't see anything overly exotic. They didn't need to do anything overly exotic. Deep ball to a speedy wide receiver who burned past Kevin King. We've seen that movie before. It happened today. You might see Eric Stokes in that situation coming up uh, before too long. Running with Alvin Kamara? Well, he did it last year to the Packers. He turned out nearly 200 yards combined on offense. The Saints had 140 yards rushing in the first half. They finished with 173. Otherwise, that becomes kind of a headline story, the Packers' inability to stop the run. Green Bay was losing the ball in the trenches, making mistakes on offense left and right. A collective thud of a performance. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We will try and figure out where to go from here if you're the Green Bay Packers. The simple answer is back home to prepare for a Monday night contest against the Detroit Lions. And uh, at this point, no team in the NFC North has a win. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Winston takes on the jet sweep. Camara around the right end. Has to cut it back. Breaks a tackle to the end zone. He's in for the touchdown. The Packers flowed well to the football. It appeared they had people in front of that play. 
but Camara broke a tackle and into the end zone he goes on a three-yard touchdown run. And it's 9 nothing New Orleans. Yeah, become 10 nothing just a moment later. That capped a 15-play, 76-yard drive in 7 minutes, 51 seconds. The Packers defense absolutely gassed at that point. And the offense not helping the situation with their inability to move the ball. Just three first-half possessions for the Packers offense. Uh, the Saints only had four, uh, but... I, they were able to get points on the board, and they were four long possessions. He had a nine-play possession, 15. He got 14. Like They took advantage of the time when they had the ball, no doubt about it. The Packers on their heels from the get-go in a 38-3 to loss. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sorry to say it, guys. Not a dime donated today. No touchdowns, unfortunately. However, the Packers will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown, two touchdowns for hunger throughout the season. Again, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Ken is in Wauwatosa joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Ken. Oh, Greg, Greg, Greg. What can I tell you? What can I say that hasn't already been said, Greg? You're absolutely right. It was an ass, sorry, a tail-kicking a tail kicking for all time. That quarterback, that starting quarterback, looked used up, spat out, tired, worn out. I don't know where you're going to go from here, Greg, but I'll say one thing. We Bears fans, we're going to put this on our Hall of Fame queue, all-time classic games. And uh, I, I could not – I just want to tell you how much I enjoyed the telecast. You and Wayne, it's so cute. You call your starting quarterback by his first name, like your best bud, your, your, your family, or your next-door neighbor. I guess you're all family in Packerland. Right? Hey, hey, Ken, you, so, know I, you know I don't call the game, Ken, and the Bears just gave up a bomb of a touchdown after Andy Dalton threw an interception in the end zone. Are you watching that game too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, wa- I'm watching the game. But, okay, well, Greg, enjoy that game, uh, Ken. Appreciate the phone call. Let's talk to John in Fox Lake next. Hey, John, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. I, I'm, uh, after watching the game, I know it was very warm and humid. And, uh, everybody had uh, the defenses both had a plan. But I think this defense is just very vanilla. It, their biggest problem is there are no playmakers on this defense, I don't think. There's nobody you have to scheme against. There's no Charles Woodson. There's no Clay Matthews. People feared those guys. I don't think there's anybody on this defense anyone fears. I, I think their defensive line has never been addressed. Well, it's been addressed, but it's still the same folks, and it's the same outcome every time. You, uh, if, if the offense is not playing well, the defense is not going to win you the game. It, it, it's, the, it's a come-from-behind from, it, come kind of defense, John, and here's what I mean by that. I'll challenge you on this. I, I think Jair Alexander is a guy you have to worry about. I, there was nothing really going on near Jair Alexander today. Uh, and why not, right? If you can pick on Kevin King, you'll pick on Kevin King. You pick on Shandon Sullivan, you'll pick on Shandon Sullivan. That happened today. We saw that. But the Packers' defense, they're not built to stop the run. They may end up better at stopping the run this year than last year. They might be a little worse. We'll see what the numbers bear out. But this team is designed to take a lead, get up ahead of another team, and force that team to pass their way back into it. The Packers are an outstanding front-running team, and they haven't had to come back too often in the Matt Lafleur era. But if they have to stop the run and the pass, that right? I mean, it just it, there, there's logic behind that. It, it's a little more difficult when you don't know what's coming. When you know what's coming, you play to your strengths. The Packers' strength, I still believe, is getting to the quarterback. Didn't happen today, but the Saints had the Packers guessing. I mean, how many times did the Saints have a third and eight or more? 
I'll go back and count. It wasn't many. Uh, meanwhile, the Packers were, were awful on third down today on offense. They have addressed it in terms of draft capital. There's no doubt about that. The Packers haven't invested significant draft capital on defense. And there are playmakers. I still think Preston Smith is pretty good. Zadarius Smith might have been playing through something. What I saw of Rashawn Gary in preseason, I, I think, is encouraging. I love Jair Alexander. He's got all the attitude for that entire defense, as far as I'm concerned. And I think Kenny Clark is pretty good as well. I, I think there are some impactful players, but this defense is designed to play with a lead. That's when they're at their best. And today they were chasing from the get-go. Let's go to uh, Pat in Atlanta joining us from the South. Pat, you're on Packers OT. Hey, Greg. I uh, love having you again on this year. Love your uh, analysis after every game. Uh, congratulations on being back again this year. It's great to listen to you after the game. Hey, thank you very much. Um, I will have to disagree with you. I don't think any defense is built to come from behind. I don't think any defense is built to play catch-up. The simple fact is, you said it a little earlier, in the trenches, Saints had run off six, seven yards on first down, run through big holes, and then you think the defensive coordinator would adjust, bring up linebackers, load the box, didn't do it. Not only that, the scheme was obviously some sort of funky zone defense because did you see the two touchdowns where the guys were literally so wide open there was nobody there? I mean, that's just a scheme. So some red flags were raised today about the defensive scheme, no matter how you want to analyze it. But the only other two things I would mention, aside from, like you said, things kind of just suck generally, was watch the replay when you get a chance of the interception of the bomb that was to MVS, right? The safety came over and made a nice play. Watch what MVS does. Usually when a receiver gets intercepted on, he's the closest one to the interceptor. Interceptor catches it, and MVS literally jogs doesn't really catch him. He's supposed to have all the speed. He jogs, and then the guy with the ball runs twice as fast as he does. That was not good. And then you brought my last point is you brought it up. The fabulous Kevin King, the last two games that counted, this one and the last game we played last year, it was another Kevin King festival. The guy, like you say, when Ty Montgomery drops the ball in the end zone, gets cut, that's what needs to happen to Kevin King. They gave him a chance. They gave him a minimum contract. He's still got his eyes in the backfield. He's still incompetent. Put the rookie in. He can't run. Thanks for the phone call. He can't run. He's like a. I'm I'm saying this seriously. He's he's like a four five four six guy, and the fastest player on the field for the Saints. I just walked right by him. Like, like that was not that was not a contest. Eric Stokes is, I would say, the fastest guy in the Packers roster. Right there with MVS, who's a long strider, as we like to call it in the track and field world. Eric Stokes is going to be a starting cornerback for the Packers soon. Uh, Matt LaFleur will always say it. Boy, Kevin King, boy, if he gets his hands on you, he is a tough guy to disengage from. Well, that may be true. The problem is he doesn't get his hands on the receiver often enough. And he got hunted. He got hunted today. They took advantage of a mismatch situation. Speed on lack of speed. And speed won. And it was the absolute dagger, if I can borrow a phrase from Wayne Larvey, in today's game. 38-3, the final. The Packers fall in humiliating fashion on the road in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. Five touchdown passes for Jameis Winston and just 148 yards. Very efficient day for Winston, who was 14 of 20. 173 rushing yards 
for the Saints today, and 140 of those came in the first half. Jameis was doing it with his legs as well, uh, asserted himself very well into the state's Saints starting lineup today. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to chime in, we'll get back to your thoughts coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap Rogers looks, waits, steps up, dumps it over the middle, intercepted. A Debo down the right sidelines. He's got running room. He's to the 35-40 and is taken down across the 40-yard line of the 41. Yeah, promising drive that ended up in the red zone turned sour in a heartbeat. It's our turning point of the game, presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Gotta hurry, though. Visit Toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. So trailing 17 at 3 at the half, and really, quite frankly, being embarrassed in that first half, Packers were able to get three points on the board, courtesy of Mason Crosby, 39-yard field goal. Okay, well, let me start the second half with the ball, and you're thinking at least the defense can rest a little bit after being gashed because of terrible offensive play and just getting blown off the ball on the line of scrimmage in that first half. little reset, right? Reset. Get three points, start the second half with the ball. Can you make something happen? That first drive was something I was keyed up on watching. And it was starting to go the right direction. A little momentum building. You're in the red zone. You get a touchdown there, and all of a sudden it's 17-10. to 10, And then it's interesting. It's, at least, it's a one-score game, and you're early in the third quarter. That is manageable after what happened in the first half. Well, no. Protection kind of breaks down. Rodgers steps up in the pocket. He's being dragged to the ground and, and throws an errant ball that's picked off. And, and to me, that was it. I mean, there, there was no coming back after that. Even though the defense stood and forced a punt after the interception, he had another pick. That resulted in a New Orleans touchdown. Then he had the turnover on downs. New Orleans touchdown, right? Just snowballed after that first interception, one of two on the day for Aaron Rodgers, who was uh, was miserable today, uh, as was the entire team. 38-3, the final. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, Chuck in Sheboygan. Thank you for holding. You're on Packers OT. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I'm kind of bewildered when um, when they decided to put Love in, and I see Randall Cobb making some plays. I'm thinking, where was he when Aaron Rodgers was in there? I mean, why didn't they put Cobb in there with the compliment, of course, of Devontae Adams? To me, I think we might have generated some effective offense with both of those guys on the field with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, can you answer that for me? Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Chuck. Um, I I don't know what Randall Cobb's snap count was. I I don't feel like he played a lot throughout the game. But you have to understand that it's hard to get a gauge for what this Packers offense is going to be and how players are going to be used, including Amari Rodgers, including Randall Cobb, including A.J. Dillon, when you only run 50 plays. It was just, there was no rhythm aside of... I don't know, one drive early in the second half, and I guess you could call it a garbage-time drive led by Jordan Love that resulted in another red zone turnover. Three turnovers on the day. That was a problem in preseason as well. You want to talk about carryover from the preseason to the regular season? Turnovers. It's not exactly the thing you want to have carryover from one to the next. I'll reserve judgment on that and how players are being used after I get a little bit bigger of a sample size. If the Packers have another game where they run 50 plays, they're going to lose that game. Like that's just not how the Packers are going to win. Uh, so I need to see a little bit more. But I, I don't think this is Randall Cobb of twenty 
15. I just, I don't. Uh, he could still help, but I don't think it's Randall Cobb of what you remember. 855-616-1620. Nick is uh, driving back from uh, from the game. You're driving back from Jacksonville all the way to Wisconsin, Nick? Hey, guys. No, thanks for uh, taking my call. I'm driving back to Winter Haven, Florida from the game. Oh, good man. I'm just embarrassed. I'm, I'm mad. I left there with my tail between my legs. And I want to talk about Rodgers like everyone else does. After the offseason, we just went through with him. How isn't there issues in the locker room? He's comparing himself to Jordan and Pippen. He's playing the ukulele in Hawaii, and then he comes out and lays an egg like we've never seen before. How can you tell me there's no issues in the locker room after that? Because I'm not in the locker room, Nick. I, I, I can't say definitively whether there is or not. I mean, he was voted captain. I don't know if that's ceremonial or if that's, yeah, no, he's still our guy, and he's the quarterback, and that's the most important position. But if you have an offseason like Aaron and then come out and have a, a, a game one like Aaron, Better be willing to answer some questions. Uh, I'm sorry you have to drive home with your tail between your legs, Dick. That's not a comfortable situation, especially if you're driving stick shift. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's grab an update here, shall we? A busy day in the NFL. Time for a look around the league. It's presented by our friends at Cousins Subs. Cousins Subs, we believe, in better. Let's begin in Nashville, shall we? Where the Titans had no answer for Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Snap to Murray, straight drop back, and throws a fade deep right side over the shoulder. Catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. One of four touchdowns passing on the day for Kyler Murray. Also had a touchdown on the ground. Dave Pash with the call on the Cardinals radio network. How about Derrick Henry, the Titans All-Pro Limited, to just 58 yards on the ground today. Cardinals all over the Titans by a score of 38-13. to Steelers and Bills from Buffalo. Special teams comes up big for the road team. Fourth down and 12. Punt formation. It was blocked. Picked up by the Steelers. Into the end zone. That's a Pittsburgh touchdown on the block punt. Yuli Gilbert blocked the punt. Bill Hargrove with the call. 102.5 WDVE and the Steelers radio network. That was the difference of the game. Pittsburgh trailed 10-0 at the half. They scored 17 fourth-quarter points and pulled off a 23-16 upset road win. Candidate for game of the day was in Arrowhead, Kansas City. A potential playoff preview with the Chiefs hosting the Cleveland Browns, trailing 15-3 in the second. Patrick Mahomes took it to the Mahouse. Play-action fake. Mahomes retreating. Now sprinting to his right, eluding the rush. Pump faking. Now cut it inside the five. Into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, so patient, so patient. He waited, he exploded, and the Chiefs have their first touchdown. Mitch Holtis with a call, 106.5. The Wolf and the Chiefs radio network. Kansas City would trail 22-10 at the half, but outscore the Browns in the second half to pull away. 319 yards and three touchdowns passing for Mahomes. Two touchdowns receiving for Travis Kelsey. And a pair of rushing touchdowns for Browns running back. Nick Chubb. Elsewhere around the league, very busy day in the NFL, as you might expect. Eagles over the Falcons by a score of 32-6. Nice day for Jalen Hurts. Three touchdowns passing in the win. It was the Bengals needing all of the overtime session to eke by the Vikings by a score of 27-24. Joe Mixon, 127 yards rushing and a touchdown in the win. 49ers hang on to beat the Lions, who mounted a furious fourth-quarter comeback, only to fall short 41-33, the final there. Seahawks over the Colts, 28-16. Four touchdown passes for Russell Wilson. A nice day for Justin Herbert as the Chargers beat the Washington football team, 20-16, 
337 yards and a touchdown for Justin Herbert. Sam Darnold going up against his old team and earning the victory, 1914 Panthers over the Jets. Darnold 279 yards and the score on the day, 37-21 the final in Houston where the Texans knock off the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dolphins over the Patriots, 17-16. Broncos over the Giants, 27-13. The Rams own a 10-0 lead over the Bears with 439 left to go in the first quarter. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll wrap up our number one of Packers OT after this on the Packers Radio Network. Fourth and goal to go inside the two. Winston looking to throw under pressure. Let's it go over the middle of the end zone. Uh-huh. Looping grab. Back line of the end zone. Touchdown, Jawan Johnson. Winston being hit as he let it go. A wobbly pass. Smith was there as a Darius Smith hitting the quarterback. And then Jawan Johnson timed his jump at the back line of the end zone to beat Adrian Amos. Yeah, it doesn't show up in the box score, but uh, Zedarius Smith had pressure on the quarterback on a couple of occasions. On that particular occasion, it resulted in a touchdown, just a you know, sort of a post-up kind of situation with a very big receiver pulling the ball out of the air. And then on another, it, it negated an interception from Darnell Savage uh, that was returned about 35 yards. Smith called for uh, roughing the passer. Well, I... I guess I didn't see it. I, to me, it's one of those calls where the hit looked rough enough that you had to throw a flag. Like, like, am I missing something? No helmet to helmet. No driving through to you know the quarterback into the ground. Nothing like that. Didn't even feel like it was that late. So uh, the Packers really couldn't catch a break, even when something good happened. You know, something bad happened on the other side. So uh, the touchdown you heard made it seventeen nothing Saints uh, just before the end of the half. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik. Got another about hour or so in the show. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us. Let's talk to uh, Jeff in Janesville on Packers OT. Hi, Jeff. Hi, how you doing? All right, Jeff, what do you got? I'm, I'm, extremely, well, I'm extremely disappointed in the soft play we've had for a number of years. Give me some defensive players. I want to aggressively attack the offense and then our offense can go we have we've had one of the best offenses for years so let them freaking play but we got such a soft defense that play like sideways and not forward what do you, what's your thoughts yeah i so I'm, I'm trying to figure out the joe barry scheme and i don't know if one game is really going to tell me everything i need to know but one thing i did pick up on is more soft coverage on the corners uh, which is amazing, considering how badly Kevin King got burnt on a deep ball. Uh, but nonetheless, I, it seems like the Packers' defensive philosophy with the passing game is to keep everything in front and not get beat deep. So the, the fact that one of the major rules was broken on that deep ball is is concerning to me. Uh, pressure today on the quarterback was nowhere near where it needs to be. A couple of occasions, as I outlined from Zadarius Smith, I think Preston Smith got in there once, but no sacks today. We are not sacking plaque in Wisconsin. With Delta Dental, no sacks means no money. Donated to Sack Plaque. Um, all joking aside, there, there wasn't much push, and there was extreme balance by the Saints, uh, which is what you strive for here. I, I'm just going back through, I'm just trying to figure out where the Saints, like, I, did they truly have a third and long anywhere in this game? They had a third and six that resulted in an incomplete pass. That was drive number one. They had a third and one, a third and eight, a third and two. All I would say manageable. One of those instances, Jameis Winston scrambled for 10 yards to pick it up. 
You had a third and 13 that resulted in a fourth and seven in which Sean Payton decided to go for it. They picked up 12 yards on a a well-executed tight end screen. Second half was more of the same. Third and short, all over the place. Until, uh, let's see, at one third and 11, that resulted in an incomplete pass and a punt. Wow, geez, that's, that's incredible. Third and eight or longer, that's a good spot to be. And the Packers weren't in that enough, uh, unfortunately, today. So the Saints just had a wide-open playbook against the Packers' defense that, especially in the first half, was, was totally gassed and on their heels and getting beat in the line of scrimmage. What a, what a combo player. And getting zero assistance from the offense. That is, uh, that's the recipe to lose a game. Yeah, you saw it play out in front of you, unfortunately. James joins us next from uh, Eau Claire. You're on Packers OT. Hi, James. Hey, how's it going? All right, James. What do you think? Well, obviously, yeah, the defense was a struggle here. We've never been good against the run, never been able to handle it here. We get bullied around. Look at, you know, San Francisco a couple years ago to prove that. But we knew with Sean Payton being such a great offensive coach, one of the best of our times, we knew this was going to be a dogfight, a shootout. And, uh, so it all has to come down to the offense. The offense had to do its job, which it didn't. They just couldn't get a groove going. A lot, and again, it starts and ends with the quarterback. Rodgers was rested, didn't play in the preseason, and all of a sudden he gets, you know, again, right here, and especially in the red zone, where he's one of the more efficient quarterbacks of his time. He choked. I mean, he just threw the ball away here. Granted, yes, the offensive line, all that pressure. But, again, he choked. It has to start that cat. Yeah. It starts with them. They, uh, Rodgers would say after the game, we'll see if we can find this comment, that they didn't expect the, the too high safety look that the, the Saints played. I, that just, to me, just says you weren't prepared for every scenario. And it showed. Packers fall to the Saints 38-3, hour two of the program coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Hang on the line, we'll get to you on the other side on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, there's no questioning who the better team was today. The Saints absolutely throttled the Green Bay Packers 38-3 in Jacksonville. The worst, most lopsided loss ever suffered by Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. You saw it today. You listened to it today as Green Bay opens the season 0-1. Saints played very well. The Packers, well, nothing seemed to go right. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 is back. That means five years, no interest, five months, no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, check out PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik with you till 9 o'clock tonight, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us before we get back to your thoughts and uh, dip into the locker room, 
We'll step aside 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. Let's go to Bob in Kenosha. Appreciate you holding Bob. Welcome in. You're on Packers OT. Hi, how you doing? Uh, being an ex-football player myself uh, from high school and college, one of our uh, mottos that our uh, coaches installed into us, leave it on the field. These guys are paid professionals, and I didn't see leave it on the field. Maybe, you know, they're scared of getting hurt why they didn't play for a preseason. But I think that any learning experience, you need to get bumps and bruises to be able to be consistently better. And I'm just getting tired of watching commercials after commercials. This is the most embarrassing loss of the Packers in years. And I, I'm not just going to say it, it's Rogers' fault. I got to say this is a whole team that was let, letting the fans down. And I really think that the fan, the fans' comments should be recorded and they should ha- uh, be heard by the players and demand that they play better because, you know what? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I, I didn't play, but you know what? You still get paid by the fans. And I'm getting sick of it. I was at the Jets game uh, on the preseason, and I didn't. I said then I, that I didn't see any defense coming out. I said then I, the only one that really gave me any type of enthusiasm was Love. He wanted to play. He wanted to make the team. And you know, you, you, you can't say now that Rodgers doesn't have any excuses like he had preseason before saying, I don't have any receivers to throw to. He's got receivers. He's got a line. He's got running backs. On paper, they should have dominated this game. But in reality, it's either the player's enthusiasm or the coach's lack of leadership. But something's got to be done drastically, you know, the reason why I'm a Packer fan is we're owned by the people, not by one individual and that. And you know what? All our Packer fans that made it down to Jacksonville, if you looked at it, 90% of the people were down in Jacksonville were Packer fans. And I'm just getting fed up with listening to Rodgers. Oh, it should have done this and I should have done that. Well, you know what? The buck stops there. And everybody that is a paid professional that's on that team needs to hear the fans tell them how lousy they are so they can hear it, you know, that they're not happy. You know, maybe they shouldn't have got paid for this game because they were an embarrassment to not only the fans but the league. And, yeah, I'm mad because I've been a diehard Packer fan in a Bear family. And this was the worst loss I've ever seen. Yeah, it's uh, not a not a good day, uh, Bob, to be a Bear, uh, Packer fan in a, in a Bears family. Although I don't think the Bears are playing terribly well right now either. Uh, I disagree with you in that. I don't think the Packers should have dominated this game. I, I don't believe that. I I think that's a slap in the face of the New Orleans Saints, who uh, even though they have a different quarterback in Jameis Winston, he's certainly a capable quarterback with all pro talent, a really good offensive line. Defensively, you saw signs of this last year. If you if you really paid attention to the NFL, um, 
I, they, they have some pieces. And today they did some things that Aaron Rodgers was not expecting. He talked about this after the game. Receivers were largely not open because there were so many defensive backs floating around the secondary. Why? Well, because the, the Saints felt they could get after Aaron Rodgers and a relatively young and a mixed-matched offensive line with four, just their front four. There was I, Count how many times you saw a creative blitz today from the New Orleans Saints. There wasn't much of that at all. They didn't feel like they had to. So if you can get home with four, well, you can throw all sorts of bodies into your secondary and, and make it tough and, you know, clog a throwing lane. I mean, that happened with regularity today. I'd love to look back at, like, the All-22, right, where you have the bird's-eye view of the field, just to see what Rodgers was looking at times. Now, it, he made plenty of bad throws, don't get me wrong. I do wonder how guys were separating, or if they were separating. The All-22 tells you, I think, a little more clear story. But I think the preseason argument is interesting. I'm not one who believes that uh, the preseason means you you put it all out there, right? Let's see how creative and exotic this defense or offense can be. It is meant to be vanilla, and that's just how it is. You don't want to put much on tape that would translate to the regular season. So you don't really see it. Games are largely basic. But the argument that the starters should have played a little bit at some point in the preseason, that argument has fuel behind it, more so than ever, after watching the Packers absolutely fall apart and look, I don't want to say disinterested, but they didn't look ready. They didn't look as ready as the team on the other side. And it was from the get-go, offense and defense. How do you pick a player of the game? Mason Crosby? He made his field goal. Hey, special teams is coming around, right? We didn't even get to see kickoff coverage. (laughs) We never got to see that. That was one of the areas I was wondering about for the Packers this season. Yes, the argument has fuel. Player starters in the preseason, maybe it doesn't happen quite like this on the road in Jacksonville. 800, uh, excuse me, 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us. Appreciate the phone call, Bob. It's uh, up to Gunner now in Darlington to uh, weigh in with your thoughts. Welcome, Gunner. Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Finally got the net to finally call you from the dairy barn down here. But uh, I was honestly wondering, you, you've said it multiple times, you know, there's definitely a conversation to be had, but, um, you know, the starters not playing in the in the preseason. It was definitely a hot topic on the TV broadcast today. But do you think, yes, they had the practices with the Jets in the in the training camps, but they don't have this. It's like it's different rules, you know. A lot of like training camp, you don't touch the quarterback on sacks. You don't really tackle that much, I don't believe. So it's today you can almost call it their preseason type game, wouldn't you think? As far as the starters working together and actual contact and whatnot. So, obviously, a lot of people would say it can only go up from here, but do you think, obviously, there's more than enough room to improve on, but do you think that, obviously, it has to be better next week, don't you think, now that they've had, yes, only 50 snaps together, but I would like to believe that next week, now that they've had some actual action together, they can go from there and put up more than three points against Detroit. I mean, it has to be better, Gunnar, no doubt. I appreciate you calling in from the Dairy Barn. Uh, the quality of opponent will be less. You're on your home field, primetime game, and I presume it won't be 85 degrees, uh, feeling like 100 on the field. But regardless of the situation, the argument has fuel. Uh, I, I thought especially for the defense, a little bit of time on the preseason, it, to me, as I'm thinking through a, a, a new defensive coordinator, a new scheme, and 
there's growing pains with that. I would expect a, a little bit of that. That they have a little time on the field together outside of practice, outside of a training camp setting, and on the field of play in a real game setting. I thought there was value to that. I, I wasn't as concerned with the offense just because it's year three of the scheme, a lot of the same faces. Uh, the rookie on the uh, rookies on the offensive line, they were among the starters who did see, uh, I guess, adequate time on the field during the preseason, but they weren't playing as a cohesive line together outside of training camp. And maybe there's something to be said for that as well. I, I don't know if that makes a difference today. Uh, it was that bad. But maybe, just maybe, some of the rust is kicked off. Maybe you find your groove a little bit earlier. Uh, and it's in the first half rather than in the second half. And those red zone issues don't crop up. Two red zone turnovers today for the Packers. That's never good. Tom in Chicago joins us on uh, Packers OT. Hello, Tom. Hey, Greg. How you doing? All right. What do you got? Enlighten me. All right. So let's lay. We, I've been listening to you. It's super interesting. It's a little depressing, but... Uh... I was trying to get an eye on uh, what was going on with, with the new punter that we got that, that took over for Jake K. Scott, and, and Troy and Joe were, uh, uh, I don't know, they, 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 they weren't giving us anything interesting on, on that. So just curious uh, if you have any insight into how, how he looks compared to, the, to, to Jake, uh, J.K. Scott. Well, he's not the reason the Packers lost. Uh, we can put it that way, right? That's a step in the right direction. Corey Bajorquez, uh, he had one down inside the 20. It looked like another one could have been. It just took a wacky bounce. Right, I, mean, I think it hit on the 15 and then bounced backwards to about the 20 or so. Uh, so, a uh, good start. I just don't want to see that much of him. Well, he punted four times today, which I guess isn't terrible. Uh, but the Packers were in go-for-it mode on fourth down uh, far earlier in the game than you would ever hope they would be in go-for-it mode. So, four punts for Corey Bohorquez. Uh, look, special teams is a thing. I Don't make light of special teams because for the last few years we have looked at this and said, how does this get better? And the Packers were at or near the bottom of most special teams categories last year in terms of coverage units. Uh, the punting was erratic, and that's why they made the move. Aside of Mason Crosby kicking the football, uh, he was 16 of 16 on field goals. Special teams was a bit of a mess last season. So a uh, step in the right direction, hard to really say. You didn't really see any coverage on the kickoff side of things. A couple returns, okay. Bohorquez was fine. Crosby made his only kick. Uh, certainly not the reason the Packers lost today. Uh, and again, that's a unit that likely only has one direction to go, and that is up. 38-3, the final. The Packers fall to 0-1. And they are still tied for the top spot in the division, if you want to be technical, because no team in the division has won a game, and the Bears are trailing the Rams right now 10 nothing in the second quarter. Let's catch you up on a replay update. Replay update. Thank you to our good friends at Cousin Subs getting behind our replay updates. Well, that sounds good right now, doesn't it? A little club, maybe a little Italian. Something to get your palate moving on this Sunday evening. Where shall we begin? Well, how about with the Steelers and Buffalo Bills? An entertaining game with special teams really playing a major role. Fourth down and 12, punt formation. It was blocked, picked up by the Steelers, into the end zone. That's a Pittsburgh touchdown on the block punt. Yuli Gilbert blocked the punt. That's Bill Hargrove with the call, 1025 WDVE and the Steelers radio network. Buffalo jumped out to the lead. The Steelers came roaring back. They scored 17 fourth quarter points to pull off a 23-16 upset win. Game of the day at Arrowhead. It was the Browns 
and Chiefs. With Cleveland taking an early lead, the Browns trying to hold on. Patrick Mahomes had other thoughts. Play action fake. Mahomes retreating. Now sprinting to his right, eluding the rush. Pump faking. Now cut it inside the five. He's into the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City! Patrick Mahomes so patient, so patient. He waited. He exploded. And the Chiefs have their first touchdown. Mitch Holtis with the call, 106.5, the Wolf and the Chiefs Radio Network. Three touchdowns on the day for Mahomes, 319 yards passing to go along with it. A couple of touchdown receptions for Travis Kelsey. Boy, how about Trey Lance, the rookie for the 49ers? Well, he didn't do much on the day. In fact, he only threw one pass, but he made it count. Lance with Elijah Mitchell, the rookie behind him. Kittle goes in motion. Alex Mack. It's a snap it in a pistol. It's a play action. Lance will throw wide open. Caught by Trent Sherfield. Touchdown! San Francisco! Greg Papa with the call. 49ers radio flagship KGO 810 in San Francisco. Yeah, just one pass. One for one, five yards and a touchdown for Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo threw for over 300 yards in the win. This looked like it was going to be a laugher against the Lions, who trailed 41-17 with under 10 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. And then they scored 16 unanswered points, and on their next drive, they moved to the 24 of the Niners before that drive stalled on down. So the 49ers hang on to win 41-33. Elsewhere in the NFC North, the game went to overtime in Cincinnati with the Bengals holding on and winning at the buzzer, 27-24. So the Packers, Lions, and Vikings all 0-1 to start the season. Rams now up 13 to nothing on the Chicago Bears about halfway through the first half. Eagles over the Falcons by a score of 32 to 6. The rookie Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith a nice debut, six receptions, 71 yards and a touchdown. Cardinals over the Titans, boy they hammered Tennessee 38-13, just 56 yards rushing for Derrick Henry, five touchdowns combined for Kyler Murray in the convincing win. Four touchdowns passing for Russell Wilson. Seahawks over the Colts, 28-16. to It was the Chargers over Washington, 20-16. to 19-14, the final in Carolina. The Panthers hold off the New York Jets, and it was the Texans all over the Jaguars, 37-21. to Elsewhere in the AFC, Dolphins over the Pats, 17-16. to Broncos handled the Giants by a score of 27-13. to Melvin Gordon, 101 yards rushing and a touchdown on the day. Monday Night Football matchup. There will be fans in the stands for the first time for a regular season game in Las Vegas. Monday night, Raiders hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More Packers OT after this on the Packers Radio Network. 39-yard field goal attempt off the right hash mark. The Harquez down on one knee, arm extended. Here's the snap. Placement made. Swing on the right leg, and the kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers, in the final seconds of the first half, get three on the board. And at halftime, trail the Saints 17-3. to Unfortunately, those are the only points scored by the Packers in a 38-3 loss to the New Orleans Saints. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. So there you go, 1000 bucks donated today. That donation will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Gino in Racine joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Gino. Hi, how are you tonight? All right, Gino. Wish we had better stuff to talk about, man. This is no good. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm really concerned about Aaron Rodgers. I just, you know, he just seems like he does not want to play. He does not want to. He doesn't look like he wants to play. He's he's throwing terrible passes. I know it's one game, but what happened in this off season and how the bad attitude between him and the management and all the stuff that happened with that. I just think he's checked out. I it, it, I, I know I know it's not just he's not the team, but he is he is the team. He is. The, <laughs> If, any, if he doesn't play, we don't win. I mean, we just don't. It, he's the star. He's the all-pro. He's the MVP. I mean, he's he's the guy. And he just didn't seem like he cared. He didn't. He's checked out. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I just hope I'm wrong. I just have a very bad, bad feeling. And I think it's just it's kind of radiating through the whole team. It's just, you know, it, look how he looks. Like that guy said before, he looks like a, like a bum. He looks like a bum and he played like a bum. And I'm, you know, I'm just, it's just not him. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers or somebody else. It's terrible. You know, his worst game of the year last year, I think was, I I think it was probably Tampa Bay. I, I would say that was Aaron's worst game of the season last year, regular season. Two interceptions. He was sacked four times, no touchdowns. It was bad. I think he had the pick sixes, right? I mean, it was just a terrible performance. Now, and that happened after the bye week. But it was wrapped around a bunch of brilliant performances. So for this to happen week one, after everything that happened in the offseason, beginning with draft night in April, right? I mean, this is the coming out party, but that's what's so problematic. This is not a performance, you know, just a clunker, an all-around clunker for a team that is, you know, 7-2. and This is a clunker for a team that had a roller coaster of an offseason, that chose not to play its frontline players throughout the preseason, that had a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers just confusing the world on what his future plans were, dropping the bomb right around draft day, expressing his frustration, right? We had no idea where this was going to go. So for this to be the coming out party is incredibly disappointing. Because it does speak to what our caller said. Well, he just looked disengaged. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers is one to sabotage anything. I think his legacy means too much to him. I think his competitiveness, it, it just runs too hot. I, I just it was a bad game. But I don't think this I don't think this is going to be the norm for Aaron Rodgers. It may not be an MVP again. I, I don't know how you duplicate or exceed what you did a year ago. If this were a, a you know, middle of the season sort of loss, you'd chalk it up as a bad game and a good team, bad game, turn the page and, and move to the next. But we have no choice but to react this way because it's the only sample size we have. It's one game. It was awful. Every which way. Only one direction to go, and it has to go that direction. Otherwise, you'll see a lot more of Jordan Love playing quarterback. He did fine until he got to the red zone and had the fumble. Nonetheless... Even when things were seemingly going right, they ended up going wrong for the Packers today. 855-616-1620. We will do our best to find a player of the game today. Uh, does it have to be a Packer? Looking for our producer, shaking his head. We're, we're not sure. We're not sure of the rules. Uh, that's not going to be. Stay tuned, folks. I will pick and uh, select here a, a Packers player of the game. Do we have any nominations? Crickets? Okay. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. In the pistol, snap. 
to Winston. Winston steps up, looks, fires late over the left side of the end zone. Touchdown, Chris Hogan. Back line of the end zone, had disengaged from Cannon Sullivan. And the Saints increase their lead to 23-3. to Well, win or lose, a fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood, but it's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love Great Clips and the online check-in app. Very easy. Easy in, easy out, easy great. Great Clips. This is where I'm supposed to pick out a Great Clips player of the game. I I, I still have no idea who deserves this uh, dubious distinction. Uh, A.J. Dillon? Uh, Maybe. He averaged about five yards a carry. Looked like I could have used a little more A.J. Dillon today. Devontae Adams, five catches, 56 yards. He had Adrian Amos with nine tackles. There were no sacks today. Um, yeah. Mason Crosby made his only field goal. I'm going A.J. Dillon. <laughs> with four carries and 19 yards as my great clips player of the game. Oh, do you have any better ideas? Patrick is in Ashland joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Patrick. Hey, good Good evening. Uh, yeah, I have an idea. Uh, the young center, we were worried about snaps and things like that. I think maybe he gets the kudos tonight. There was no botches that I saw, so maybe you give it to him. Yeah, I, there, 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 no botches, right? And, and Aaron Rodgers even said after the game he thought the offensive line or the rookies played pretty well. Um, I, I think it was... I think it was hit and miss. I think Royce Newman got roasted pretty good on a play Rodgers was chased out of the pocket, uh, nonetheless. I, and the thing I'm watching for more with, with Josh Myers is it, not the exchange and, you know, did, can he do a shotgun snap? Well, yes, he, you better be able to do that after all of your years playing in college and whatever, however long you've played center. What I'm most interested to see is if, if you can get the 12 guys on the field, right? And that is an Aaron Rodgers staple. And take advantage of a free play and a miscue. So there's a signal, and there's sort of, I I don't know what it was, but there was a chemistry that Aaron Rodgers and Corey Lindsley clearly had that made those free plays sing. And and that's not just quarterback. That's quarterback recognizing it, it's communicating to the center, it's center recognizing it, and them working harmoniously. I I don't know. I, I just haven't seen it. But that will tell me if Josh Myers is really ready for this, because that's how Aaron Rodgers destroys teams. And that's where the center has to be on the same page. So, yes, more to come. Those guys are staying in the lineup. I'll tell you that much. And uh, David Bakhtiari is going to be out at least five more weeks. So uh, plenty of time for the young guys to play. To West Virginia we go. Mike joins us next on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Hey, Greg. How are you? Well, I wish we had better things to talk about, man. I just did not see it coming. (laughs) Not that I thought they were just going to run away with this thing, but... Non- yeah. non-competitive and just dismal, and we can't wait to get on the plane. I was not expecting that. Okay, a couple of basic things. One, let's give the Saints credit. You did that earlier. Let's give the Saints some credit. Sean Payton's a great coach. What he does with Jameis Winston and, of course, our own Taysom Hill, formerly with the Packers, and McCarthy told me, said, look, I love you, but I just don't have enough room for him. So, okay, that that's going on. Um, secondly, I want to say that, you know, I love Aaron, you know, I love Brett, I love Bart. Uh, I think Bart is the best of the three of them. You can say physically otherwise. That doesn't matter to me. What I'm talking about is attitude and professionalism. Aaron was a hippie in Hawaii when he should have been a professional in Green Bay. 
and I have a problem with that. Number one, num- that's number two. Number one was the Saints. Number two is Aaron. Number three, Joe Barry brought in because we didn't get enough turnovers last o- year. How many turnovers did we get today? We had one and it was dropped. So th- that's a problem. N- number four, the weather. It's too hot. You and I both know, and as do most Packer fans, that, hey, it was hotter in Jacksonville a few years ago. Yes, I know we've had a lot of turnover since then. So, considering the fact that the Saints were good, Aaron was a hippie when he should have been a professional, Joe Barry's supposed to be Mr. Turnover, and for, you know, the heat's really not a factor. What say you? I appreciate the phone call, Mike. Uh, I, I don't think Joe Barry was brought in specifically because of a lack of turnovers in the last couple of years under Mike Pettin. I, I think Joe Barry was brought in because at the biggest moments in the NFC Championship games against San Francisco and Tampa Bay, there was, one, a historically bad performance against the run that the Packers could not dig themselves out of, and number two, carelessness, specifically toward the end of the half, when Tom Brady hooked up with Scotty Miller, beating Kevin King, we saw that again today. I think those are are reasons one and two why Mike Pettin's not back. I have no idea what this Joe Barry defense is going to look like. Um, I, today the Packers got pushed around in the trenches, and that's that's bad. I, scheme doesn't fix that, but maybe you can help help disguise and and mask. The talent that uh, isn't quite where you need it to be. Jury's still out on Joe Barry. Nothing about his defense today makes me want to sing praises. Um, but I have to try and figure out what was what was a scheme thing and what was just, hey, we're just getting beat. We are just flat out getting beat right now. Um, you know, weather's the weather. You're playing it, right? And that's why it's a home field advantage. If you have to go to Jacksonville, it's going to be tough in September. If you have to come to Green Bay in December... It's likely not going to be a very fun time. Ask the Tennessee Titans. It's a thing. You deal with it. Everybody has to play in it. The Saints looked much more ready for it today than did the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Scott is in Stevens Point. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Scott. Hi, Greg. Hey, I was wondering, uh, we have backup uh, defensive linemen players, correct? Why didn't uh, Joe Berry rotate those players in and out of the game. It's, I've seen that with other teams, and as hot as it was today, I think it maybe it made a difference, maybe not, but um, that's what we have backup players for, correct? I mean, if they, one of those players gets hurt, they got to come in, correct? I, I think they did, Scott. I mean, I, I, Kingsley Kiki was on the field to start the game. Kenny Clark, I saw Tyler Lancaster. I saw Dean Lowry, uh, Slayton, TJ Slayton, the rookie out of Florida, was in the game. Uh I think there was a a pretty adequate rotation uh, of bodies, but I, there was no push. <laughs> I mean, the, the bodies were rotated in. They just didn't really seem to do much when they were in the game. Okay. Well, I, I, I that, was just wondering. Yeah, that. no, that's, I, I appreciate the phone call. I, I don't know how active that rotation is going to be in a quote-unquote normal setting, right? October football when it's uh, 54 degrees outside. I, I have no idea. Although I do think T.J. Slayton's a pretty good player uh, as a youngster. Rookies will help, I, I think, or they're going to at least they're going to be on the field. I'll put it that way. Uh, but I thought the rotation even saw it in the backfield with uh, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, saw a little bit of Kylan Hill. Uh, 
the rotation is not why the Packers lost this game. My gut feeling is not playing in the preseason is not why the Packers lost this game. They got flat-out shellacked by a good team, and they weren't ready for it. And that's embarrassing, and that is unacceptable at any week in the regular season. Whether you're 8-2 and two, going into game 11 and you throw up a clunker like this, or it's week one and certainly more magnified, it's just not acceptable. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Now we've got to come up with a play of the game. Killing me here. Packer Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Winston to the shotgun. Set back to his right. Snap to Winston. Waits. Looks. Hit as he throws it over the middle of the field. It's broken up. Intercepted in the end zone. And coming out of there. Racing out of the end zone. And down the left side. Hash marks. It is Darnell Savage. And he returns it out across the 30 to the 31 yard line. The penalty marker flies late. Roughing the passer. Oh, no. Number 55 defense. 15 yard penalty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get it. I know. But it was to me, that was the play of the game. The whatever-it-takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. So Darius Smith blasting up the middle, forcing a throw by Jameis Winston. It was picked off by Darnell Savage, returned 35 yards or so, uh, and setting up the Packers, keeping the Saints off the scoreboard. But... So Darius Smith was penalized for playing football, knocking Winston to the ground. They called roughing the passer. Uh, I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to this. I did not think that was a penalty. Nonetheless, it was the one time where I felt like the pass rush and the secondary were in sync. I am calling it the play of the game. I'm not going to let officials get in the way of our Bryant Heating and Cooling play of the game. But whatever it takes, play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant. Dot com. Scott is in Florida. Oh, boy. You were there, weren't you, Scott? I was. I was, along with a, a, an amazing crowd of Packer fans. Look I gotta good. Tell you. Yeah. And, uh, it was an amazing home game is what it was. And the, and the Packers blew an amazing opportunity to win a home game. And, and for that, I think your player of the game are the fans. You know, the fans showed up. The Packers did not. The weather, I agree with everybody what they're saying. That shouldn't be an excuse. The Saints played in the weather. I saw the guys. We had great seats right on the field, right right there. And I saw all the little air conditioning suits going in their journeys, cooling off. You know, it, it was just unbelievable seeing some of the non-uniform players and some of the uniform players, you know, waving their hands. As the, they didn't have to wave their hands in the air. The, the, the fan noise was insane, absolutely insane. And the reason I do say the fans are the player of the game for the Packers is because they kept showing fan impact plays on the scoreboard for the Saints, but they really weren't fan impact plays. The Packer fans were there and I was disappointed. You know, we, we had, we were in the club level um, at one point and the go pack go chance throughout the crowd inside the, the club outside in the stands was crazy. And then there was like two fans saying, you know, do, doing their little Saints chant, whatever they do. But it was just like, almost embarrassing that the, the, the turnout for the Saints versus the Packers. And if they if the Packers would have came with a fraction of the same intensity that the Packers fans came with, they wouldn't have laid that big turn. You know, it was, it was embarrassing. It was just flat-out embarrassing. And I agree with, with all the other callers that they've got to possibly rethink the uh, preseason situation. 
Sorry you had to be there to witness it, Scott. Seemed like a good idea at the time, didn't it? <laughs> it sure did. I mean, they showed out with very little notice, and they showed out in, in droves, you know. It was pretty impressive. I yeah, I, it looked good on TV. I appreciate the phone call, Scott. It, it kind of looked like a, a glorified preseason game in terms of, like, the crowd. I mean, they seemed to be pretty into it. Unfortunately, the Packers played like it was a preseason game. Paul is in Oshkosh joining us next. Hello, Paul. Hi, Greg. Um, say, I wish you would just reconsider your player of the game. Um, I would suggest Amari Rogers. When's the last time we ever saw a punt return uh, with uh, positive yards <laughs> twice in a row? Uh, even good. though one was called back. But. Hey, I'll take it though, right? That's a, you know, it's right. I mean, it, usually on this program, we kind of look at each other, we we scratch our heads, and we wonder, can can special teams get any better? Please, like it just it seems weird that it's. Always struggling. Maybe a step in the right direction, Paul. I'll go along with that. Plus, he had a nice leaping catch of a Jordan Love pass later in the game. He did. I, I do think the playbooks can open up for Amari Rodgers. I think he'll be used. I I keep defaulting to Tyler Irvin, just sort of like the gadget in motion guy. But I think there's just more to his game than that because he's he's a natural wide receiver. He's not just going to be a gadget motion guy who gets a, an occasional handoff. Uh, but they'll find ways to use him. I think, moving forward, certainly beyond just that of a, uh, a punt returner. Uh, John is in Milwaukee. You're up next on Packers OT. Hi, John. Hey, good evening. Uh, good, good show, great show. Love it. And I wish I could talk to you about X's and O's tonight, but, you know, just as I, tell, I was telling your screener, a little more than that, I, I, I had the feeling, listening to the game, because I've been working all day, but you get the sense that it was, it was just flat and without emotion and, and as I was telling your screener, if there was a game we could choose to lose all year, you know, looking for or being able to look back or forward or whatever, this would probably be uh, to be kind of like. And I'm not saying they pulled their punches, but it's an emotional, highly emotional game, and and that city's been through hell. And I don't feel like what I mean. I don't know if anybody would have felt good walking away thumping their chest had we beat the snot out of them. You know, kind of like a prize fighter pulling his punches, but. Not saying they did that. Obviously, there were a lot of things wrong, but I just, I just feel like, like there was a emotional loss going into that game, and they never, never captured it, never gained it back, or ever had it to begin with. Just your thoughts on that. Just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, Thank appreciate. You. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Thanks John. It's uh, certainly an adverse situation for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, displaced from their home, practicing in Dallas on the campus at TCU. Flying to Florida for what is technically a home game, but may have felt a little bit more like a road game. Uh, they're wearing their white jerseys because they didn't want to wear black in the heat. Right, they're here and go pack go. Uh, it's part, really part of the disappointment that the Packers couldn't take advantage of that situation. And I don't know how loud it was when the Saints had the ball on offense, but it, it, to me, it sounded like Packers fans were getting into it a little bit. So I, it was a situation the Packers could not take advantage of. But yes, of course, I, the Saints played very well. Uh, and I think it is a strong team. They can push the ball down the field with Winston. He did not make many mistakes today. He was very efficient with the ball. Five touchdowns really jumps off the page. I, but typically, when, when he has five touchdowns playing for the Buccaneers, he would have three interceptions and 388 yards. Like, just wild stats. And uh, it appears, at one game sample size, but uh, a little more reined in under Sean Payton uh, with, with an offense that doesn't stress moving the ball down the field uh, with regularity. So it's you know, different, but 
Very effective game today for the New Orleans Saints on offense and on defense. Time for one final look around the league. It's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Let's start on the NFC North, shall we? The Minnesota Vikings visiting Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow, two touchdowns in regulation. Adam Thielen, two touchdown receptions in regulation. Game was tied at 24 and needed pretty much every second of the overtime to determine the winner. Clark Harris, 13th year pro, will snap it back to Kevin Huber, 13th year pro. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg, the kick on its way. Boom. It Boom. is good! Nice. The Bengals nice. win it on the final play of overtime. Dan Hoare, Dave Lappin with the call. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530 and the Bengals Radio Network. Bengals pick up the 27-24 win. The Vikings fall to 0-1. A pair of playoff teams from a season ago meeting up in Indianapolis today with the Colts hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Remember how on fire Russell Wilson was to start last season? Well, he's at it again. Second down and 20. Russ steps up in the pocket, and he's going to let fly deep downfield. Got a man open, lock it. 10, 5, stumbles. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Steve Rabel with the call. Seahawks Broadcasting Network. One of two touchdown receptions for Tyler Lockett on the afternoon. Wilson finishes the day with 254 passing yards and four touchdowns. Elsewhere around the league, the Broncos all over the Giants. 27-13 the final. Melvin Gordon over the 100-yard mark. He also had a touchdown on the day. Dolphins and Patriots. A pair of former Alabama quarterbacks. Tua Tagovailoa getting the better end of Mac Jones. Jones, however, 281-yard passing and one touchdown in in his debut. Game of the day, perhaps, at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. The Chiefs over the Browns, 33-29. 337 yards and three touchdowns passing for Patrick Mahomes. Houston Texans are 1-0 after a 37-21 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Panthers pick up a 19-14 win over the Jets. Justin Herbert, 337 yards and a touchdown. The Chargers beat Washington 20-16. It was the Arizona Cardinals all over the Tennessee Titans, 38-13. Four touchdowns passing for Kyler Murray. He also added one on the ground. Like the Packers and Vikings, the Lions are 0-1 in the NFC North. 49ers pull off the victory. 44, excuse me, 41 to 33. 24 points scored in the second quarter by the Niners. The Lions came back and scored 16 unanswered in the fourth to make things uh, all the more interesting. Steelers over the Bills, 23-16 in a mild road upset. It was the Eagles over the Falcons, 32 to 6. They are at the half at SoFi Stadium. It's the Rams over the Bears by a score of 13-7. to We will wrap up Packers OT right after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. And Love takes the snap, fakes the handoff to Hill. With time in the pocket, dancing, lofts it, left side, Randall Cobb wide open, cutting left, across the 30-yard line, out of bounds, in New Orleans territory, C.J. Gardner, Johnson chased him out on the near side, I believe he was the man beaten on the play, Rock. Well, Greg Hill producing the program, I like that feel-good highlight, Greg, there we go, I'd step out of this program with a little... Something positive going into next week. Packers will next take the field at home, the regular season opener, home opener, I should say, against the Lions a week from Monday night. Let's wrap up the calls here on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Matt, you've got the last word from Roberts here on Packers OT. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I know uh, these kind of losses aren't easy uh, for you but or anybody. Um, so 
maybe Cobb gets the uh, game ball for coming in at the end and showing he still has something. Uh, seems like maybe Love got better calls than Rodgers did. I know LaFleur, uh, I don't know, I mean, it seemed like a lot of the calls were predictable and vanilla when Rodgers was in there, and he maybe turned it on when Love finally got the ball, but um, I know it's crazy to you wouldn't want to, I don't know, maybe he's uh, giving it to Rodgers for being difficult this offseason. Yeah, I don't think you sabotage your own team, Matt. I don't think you really believe that, do you? Uh, no, I mean, it's crazy, but we lost on every front, and uh, it seemed like he got out coached. but, I mean, why do you keep giving it to Jones up the middle and he just getting stuffed and... Uh, I, I know. I, I, I wanted to see. I just wanted to see Cobb get one from Rogers. I think a lot of people did, you know. But uh, Love looked good at the end. I mean, he did. I, you know, I, th- cool. I, I think that's you know I, that's maybe a foot off the gas situation for the New Orleans Saints. But uh, nonetheless, uh, he looked good on the drive that he did play. Uh, a couple of drives, I think, toward the end. One got into the red zone and. Another turnover, had a couple of those. You know what's amazing is the Packers did not have a single red zone turnover last year. Not one. Not one. And they had two today in the opener. That's, that's a recipe for disaster, especially if you're coming from behind like the Packers were. Just You, you, cannot, you cannot shoot yourself in the foot like that. Uh, I don't know if it would have made much of a difference, but maybe the, the score is a little more cosmetically appealing than 38-3. to uh, But nonetheless, this was an abject disaster. If you're going to rest guys in the preseason, sometimes the joke is on you. And there's fuel to that argument that starters should play more in the preseason. I don't know how much it changes the result today, but hey, you move on and hope for better days tomorrow. The Packers will hope to do that against the Detroit Lions a week from Monday night. Not a great start to the regular season, but we will be back following Monday night's game. It's the Packers and Lions from Lambeau Field. Hope you can join us and be a part of our broadcast. We'll be on after the broadcast as well. I want to thank uh, the producer of the Packers Radio Network, Ashton Rotman, coordinating producers Evan Wittalison and Greg Hill. Thank you for being our part of our broadcast each and every night here on the Packers Radio Network. It does mean a lot to me and all of us who uh, have a role in this show. And we hope for better days ahead, beginning with Week 2, Packers at home against the Detroit Lions. Signing off on the Packers Radio Network. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Enjoy the rest of your night on the Packers Radio Network.